Well, hello there. This is January 26th, 2014. My name is Michael Basham. This is uh, Spirit Wars Basham Report. And I have a lot to report, but I'm not going to report any of it. Because I just... I just want to talk about what what it is we're doing here. I've been thinking a little bit in the midst of battle, during the trials and tribulations of daily life as a Christian in this time, about what it is that I can do. A battle is a place where you just need to be a servant and find where you can be the most help. It's not all just grappling and wrestling with the enemy at all times. It's also planning and um, getting your supplies and reloading your weapons and cleaning your gun. And uh, I mean, if it's a really long, drawn-out battle, then you also need to figure out where to go to the bathroom and uh, even take a nap. You know, if it takes a few days to fight through a battle, then you need to, to sleep even find a place to rest and that's kind of where we are right now the warfare is heating up i believe that um based on the reports that i've received from all my christian brethren that uh this is definitely the case and and so i just want to see what it is that i can do you know i i listen to a lot of other warriors on the airwaves the hagman and hagman report the InfoWars broadcast, of which I've kind of copied the name, to Spirit Wars. And that is because I don't need to be Alex Jones or the Hagmans or Steve Quayle. I, I tried to be. When I first started doing these little recordings, when I first got the guts to be crazy enough to do these things, because it is it is kind of embarrassing. I'm actually a really shy, reclusive person. I'd rather just just sit out in the wilderness somewhere and pray and get prophecy and have revelations and pictures of heaven and of the battle even because even when you close your eyes and you just see the war when you see the the power of the spiritual weapons it is beautiful it is very inspiring and um anyway i'm i'm doing this because i can because i feel like it's something that nobody else is really doing right now and um, based on my own experience and meeting the family and becoming a disciple and dropping out of the system and throwing away my credentials and all my, you know, my free ride in the system as it was. And just the miracles that I saw in the midst of this kind of insane journey, this sort of Don Quixote journey, I got to learn a couple things you know and i i don't think i'm really that smart i just i i re was very blessed to be privy to um some information that most people never get to get their hands on unless they did the same sort of stuff and left and um, endured the flack and just you know traveled the world living by faith and not having any cash but somehow living <laughs> And, you know, living communally, all this stuff, it's its really, really unique. And probably most people that'll listen to this right now, at least, are 
people that have lived communally and have lived by faith, and that's wonderful. But to think of the people that never did that, people that just live in the world, that get a job and have their diplomas and they just have their houses or apartments to go back to every night, you know, the sacrifices of living communally is just unimaginable to most people. And um, living by faith is also equally insane to anybody that is wise with their finances and thinks things through, you know, about how to manage their income and their bills. And I mean, to just drop out of your work and your school and just burn your diploma and just live that way and expecting God to do miracles, it is truly a unique experience. And it is something that cannot be you you cannot be told what the matrix is neo you have to experience it for yourself you have to see it for yourself to realize that it actually works and it's real and um i'm very blessed to have had that experience because even though i work now and i i kind of had one foot in the world in many ways i just i realize that if the tribulation happens tomorrow that we we know how to make it you know, we know that God can provide for you, even if you live outside of the system. And you don't have to be a farmer. You don't have to be, you know, a jungle man or a renaissance man that lives in the wilderness. You can live in a metropolis or usually on the outskirts is more wise. And if you can just be humble enough to share your house with a, a few other families, you know, things things can you can make do and uh it's it's a very ancient kind of tribal village mentality that returns that is beautiful and um things get disciplined things get put in order just to make things run and um there's a there's an absolute necessity for teamwork and cooperation just as there was in the old days when you had a village out in the middle of nowhere and you know dangerous natives or or beasts that could kill you and steal your children and you just needed to have people um, in charge of every sphere of, of society and these communes were like veritable cities of uh, spanning all realms of politics and governance and um, education and policing and security and uh, um, military you know whatever you want to call it I mean, the military side was more spiritual but but I saw some crazy stuff, man. I mean, I, I won't really get into details here, but um, I should relive those days again. It's, it seems like a weird dream to me to even just think about them now. And that was 10 years ago when I started that journey. And where it's ended up is like another dimension. It's like a series of Doctor Who where it just keeps going back and forward in time and just the different characters like get intertwined and it's just your mind unravels trying to figure out carnally what is going on but change is happening battle is happening and um and i i love listening to to the faithful warriors out there who report the news and who are christians and who you know um aren't listening to the mainstream media that that have a connection to god and that basically are reporting the downfall of Western society and the, the rise of the New World Order, the one world government beast system. 
it's all it's all happening. It's just it's sort of in slow motion, so people don't really notice it. They're like, ah, that's just a conspiracy. But you know, Detroit went bankrupt, and their city is like a living hell, basically. For the most part, I mean, you don't have any of the the infrastructure that you should have in a normal working environment in any normal city. Um, you know the. It's, I was just thinking about this today. I was walking down the street thinking about this very thing, and I was wondering, like, gosh, you know, if, if the state somehow managed to succeed in not collapsing completely over the next decade or so, I still wouldn't want to go and live there to try to make a quick buck or... I mean, and absolutely not try to live there as in, like, plant my feet down I mean you think about your children and you think about the future and everything that you build and plant just being thrown to pot you know and I don't want to be I'm I want to be a wise investor you know I don't want to throw my pearls to swine and um, so I just decide to live and to, to try to invest in what I believe is gonna make it and right now the family the the country the family the children of God those younger generation and older generation they've been severely humbled and just live kind of desperately now the ones that are trying to make it in the world and trying to carve out a life a business an education um but i still look at them as some of the wonders of this modern age because i know that these are the only people i've ever known who are both christians and who know how to live outside of the matrix and how to live my faith and it's deep down in their dna it's sort of like they're sleepers as uh you might have heard the these uh, shooters and killers around the world that we've seen that have just suddenly gone on rampages and murdered a bunch of people they've often been referred to as sleepers kind of um split personality disorder just demoniacs that exist anywhere in your city or country and through a phone call, through a, a, a signal, a keyword, they can be activated and go on the rampage. And um, I look at family people as sort of the opposite, like kind of sleepers for Jesus. Like they're all over the place now. They're all just trying to figure out what the heck are they doing. And at any moment, you know, if needed, they can be called on to uh, project forth the, the revolution again, the revolution for Jesus. So, um, you know, I struggle to put these things together. I, I know it's a huge picture to try to digest. But um, just when you realize it's real, that the New World Order, One World Government, Beast System is being established right now. That's all real. And, um, you know, the West really is on the decline. The globalists are pushing forth their agenda to create a giant technocracy. Technocracy. Um, with basically robots running everything and humans just being less and less in the picture overall. And um, all the really wild and out there spiritual new age UFO kind of things too in the equation. You realize that we need a very extra dimensional God to handle this kind of stuff and weapons that don't exist in our finite understanding. And, um, and so... You know, I, I'd like to present some of the, the kind of things that, that um, I believe 
are an answer to these very, very out there threats, but that are becoming more and more real. You know, you look at Google saying they want to put a chip in your brain. And just today, they just announced these, uh, these taxis that are going to basically drive you anywhere, and they're going to be automated. Very clever. You know, I mean, the enemy is very, very clever in how he implements his system. First, they're going to have um, automated cars. Then they're going to be basically phasing out any manual drivers. And people won't even need, even know how to drive anymore. They're just going to be completely just zombies going throughout their day, just... You know, Amazon bringing any item that you order off the internet. And um, people just in this sort of psychosis of sleep state, just whatever, you know, not, not even living in reality. Meanwhile, we are engaging in high-level spiritual combat, and the war isn't for... Isn't for uh, it doesn't consist of using force yet. It is a war for the mind, a war for the soul, and... Here we endeavor to equip the soul with some ammunition to some ammo to fight back to to get your spirit back in touch with Jesus. And man, if I sound worn down right now, I'm just like, gosh, it's been a it's been a pretty intense time. There's been some family things, just random issues that are popping up, and just you know, financial, uh, educational, job. <laughs> whatever every every area is under attack as usual so we are mounting a full-scale offense in all directions that is the command so we're attacking and um amen so let's let's continue to to battle it out here my battery is going to die i didn't bring my plug it is 1 30 in the morning here and uh and we're just getting warmed up. And we're going to present a Mo letter today. This is called Reformation or Revolution. And it says, It is impossible to reform the old, for they will not accept it. And in the attempt, the bottle will be broken and the contents lost. Which is why God has to take young new bottles today strong to contain the power of his spirit and a totally new batch of wine for a totally new day. The old religious and economic systems cannot be patched up for they are tattered, threadbare, and rotten and must be cast upon the fires of his judgment that he may create a new heaven and a new earth. Revelation 21.1 In which old things are passed away and all things are become new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 God has never been for reformation of the old rotten carcass, only for its total burial and the resurrection of a completely new man. For we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. We must be born again to see the kingdom of God through John 3.3. 3. Wow, I just read that somewhere. I not only read it, I like mulled over it for like an hour. Well, maybe 10 minutes, but just, wow, you must be born again with this, uh, this priest trying to figure out, what, am I supposed to go back to my mother and be born from her womb again? And he's like, no, you don't, you don't get it. You must be born of the spirit. That which is born of the spirit is of the spirit that is of the spirit is born of the spirit. Anyway, it's, it's a different dimension. It's a different universe. And, and yes, there are physical kind of looking and 
feeling things there. There are angels with hands, with five fingers. There are normal things there, but it is in the spirit. And um, I can feel it right now in my spirit. I am I am just weary of being flesh. I, I need to get back to the spirit. And the enemy's been attacking my faith recently. I've been uh, tempted to just analyze and criticize and figure out stuff in my own brain especially when I'm I'm tired and I I should really just go to sleep but uh, you know I'm still awake because my brain doesn't shut off and um, and self-analyzing just destroys you but if you can just get into the heavens you know and this is where I'm reminded of of really great Bible teachers right now such as Ian Clayton Neville Johnson and Terry Bennett um, Cat Care, you know these guys and girl, they present a paradigm of the Christian is in, is invited and welcome, in fact, to come into heaven anytime a Christian wishes. In fact, we are already seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, and we have the keys to to walk in there. So, um, you know, I just take that for granted and say, oh well, I like heaven and i like impossible things so i'm just going to explore there and i have done and i'm i'm almost a junkie of this kind of spirit tripping business by faith and not it's not always emotional it's not always visual it comes in der- uh, differing degrees but um anyway i i won't stay on that it's it's such a it's such a visual thing though heaven is so real and it's so impossible but it's so it's it's there and you have to go as a little baby justin abraham always talks about that too it's just like he goes to heaven he's always a little kid there so anyway to see the kingdom of god you must be born again the new world order which is about to take over truly under god this time that's amazing that you know david berg knew about the new world order back in 1969 and he was writing about it and already had thought it through to like wait no god has his world order everything that the devil does is stolen from god the filth and debris of the world the filth and debris of the old is only in the way of the new structure which cannot rise upon its ruins sorry there was kind of a messy cut there just now for God has nothing to do with that which is in ruins, but God's new order must rise upon a clean new foundation, the only foundation which cast the personality, power, and truth of Jesus Christ, upon which can only be built a brand new building of new living stones. 1 Peter 2.5 the dead and rotten, crumbling timbers of the old must be totally swept away and destroyed in the fires of his purification. Too many have tried too many years to patch up the old. The truly great revolutionists from Noah to Christ had to totally do away with the old and start anew. For the old debris and the self-righteous hypocrisy of self-satisfaction always seeks to smother the new flame and stamp it out, lest it expose the sins of the existing system with the brilliance of the new light. And in my own experience, I've seen Christians, I won't name names here, but they are not interested in what God is showing you 
honestly. They are only interested in you learning what they have to tell you. So, and uh, God bless them, you know, and thank God if they have something to tell you that is really going to bless you, which sometimes they do. But I believe that God can talk to the new almost even more clearly than he can to the old. And it just puts such a damper on new Christians when they, they talk to an experienced, wizened soldier, and that one just just crushes them. A lot of people give up on that stage, and God allows it. You know, He wants people to join into His into His uh, kingdom, who are serious, who are not just there for free lunch. You know. But um, anyway, the Pharisees would have been happy to substitute, or I'm sorry, subsidize Jesus and his great following if only he had been willing to work with them within the existing corrupt and rotten system of their hierarchy and accept their name tag so that they could have gone, gotten the credit for him. They would have been happy to have shared the limelight of his popularity and used his power to their own ends, even at the cost of a little reformation to appease the people. But he refused to compromise with them, but rather totally worked on the outside of the existing system and attacked it head-on, ruthlessly exposed it and drove the money changers from the temple and strove to lead God's little children back to the worship of the true father, his little lambs, back into the true fold of the great shepherd and the way of simple truth and love and peace, the true kingdom of God, whose only laws are to love God with their whole heart and their neighbor as their self. And these are the laws and the prophets, which no place of worship, and no heart, no guidebook about the Bible, and no authoritarianism, but the dictatorship of the Holy Spirit, for ye are the temple. And they that worship him must either worship him here or there, but in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to, to worship him. All right, so this is Reformation or Revolution. And um, if you're ever, like, stuck in the muck and you're like, what am I doing? You know, just think about this. You need to just step out of your life and just look to Jesus and consider everything else in your life as nothing compared to just looking to him and being with him. And that is what I believe is a revolution. It doesn't start in a group. It starts in a person, in your heart. And it's going to keep going. Um, it doesn't matter if, if a group fails. People will always feel God's call, read the Bible, and feel, wow, this is for me. Man, my life is such a mess. That's not me. This, 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 and this word, this is me. This is what I want to be. This is what I'm going to make a part of me. And you know, whatever you behold with your eyes, you become. If you only look at this world... You will become a part of this world. If you can't close your eyes to this world and love the world of Jesus and the Spirit, well, you're a part of this world. Sorry. You know, you have to hate your life in this world in order to be a disciple. That's what Jesus said. Don't blame me. All right, I'm going to stop here because, uh, I, oh, wow, we're already 20 minutes. So, um, praise the Lord and... Um, Let's use the new weapons, you know, the keys of the kingdom. 
The key's promises. Here's a key. There's nothing stopping you as you claim the keys of battle and go on attack against the devil. You will be victorious every time. Every battle must be fought. You will get tired and footstore, even battered and bruised. But the victory is your reward as you resolve to wield the keys until you reach your goal. Call on the keys and I will turn every battle into a victory, every difficulty into a blessing, every problem into a solution, and every prayer into an answer. Hallelujah. I claim the keys of doing battle with the devil. I hold the banner of David high. The devil cannot win if I don't give in. That's a good one. So may we follow the Lord and hold the banner of David high. Hold the banner of the truth that God has given you that is unique. And if you have more truth, then I want it. We want it. So hallelujah. God bless you. Win some souls, win some disciples, keep fighting. It's not over. God bless.